It's Monday and round about this time on a Monday we talk money talks on a Monday. And it's a sensitive topic. But at the same time, we know of people who are going through tough times. And sometimes it's a a little bit of help that's needed at the end of the month. When lending money to a family member or to a friend, should you ever expect to get your money back? Are they legally bound to pay back the loan? Can you charge them interest? It's a very important question to ask now because recently there have been very there be two very interesting cases. One was last year in the Northern Cape High Court where a woman had asked her family to loan a 500,000 rand to settle a divorce. She did not pay. The family sued her. The court found she did not have to pay, repay that loan because there was no contract. There was no written, verbal or tacit uh, contract available so the northern cape high court found she does not need to pay and then just two weeks ago here in the western cape high court the court ruling that uh, a lawyer who borrowed his friend 2.5 million rand can't expect it back we can't expect the balance back the balance was something like one and a half million rand shouldn't expect it back because the person had no authority to loan that amount amount of money because they weren't a registered credit provider. So it asked us the question, should you be borrowing money at all, lending money to someone else at all? Ricardo Peterson is the director of Norton Rose Fulbright, South Africa. Very important test cases here in the Northern Cape and Western Cape High Court. Maybe it's a lesson to to all of us. But but on off the bat, what do these two cases tell you about people's lack of understanding or education when it comes to to sharing large amounts of money with friends and family with the expectation of having it returned. Good morning, Ricardo. Morning, Lester. How are you? Very good. Not not giving anyone any money anytime soon. <laughs> Likewise on my side. Um, Lester, I think, yeah, very important. I think what is what has taught us and I think the educational side of things is that when you lend money and you intend to make some form of return on it, uh, be very careful and make sure that you are a registered credit provider. Because when you charge fees, interest, or, or levy any form of charges on that amount or in terms of that agreement, you'll be caught by the National Credit Act. So even if I tell a friend, okay, uh, I'm going I'm to give you 500 bucks, but just to, like, to make me solid again at the end, you're going to top it off with you know, 75 rand, and you're going to give back 575 rand. In terms of the National Credit Act, that is illegal. Yes, it's an unlawful credit agreement if you're not registered. There are two exclusions to it. Um, the Act does have a situation where if you're in a, fami- a family type of relationship and there's some form of codependency on each other, or there's one dependency on the other person, for example, father and, and, and mm. daughter in that one case, that you could say that the parties are not dealing at arm's length. Mm. Um, there's the other one is where it happens often where you can show that you are not independent of the person. Mm. And I think the second leg where you mentioned that you do not try and obtain any financial benefit from the facility, then you could also fall in the exclusion and possibly be seen to be not dealing at arm's length with each other. So those are the two exclusions, really, when it comes to natural persons. Regarding if, if I give you a, a, a tax-free, uh, and here we go, every time when I speak about borrowing and lending money, you know, <laughs> the grammar Nazis come in, uh, and eventually I'm going to be, 60, 70 years old on the verge of retirement and then finally get it right, what is borrowing, what is lent. But anyway, Ricardo, so if I give you 500 
ran for this particular argument. And there is a, there's a verbal agreement. There's the expectation you'll give it back, right? It may not be implicit, maybe implied, but if you do not give that money back, Where's my recourse? What, do I camp outside your home? Do I put it on Facebook that Ricardo hasn't returned my money? Or is there recourse at a small claims court if there is no formal agreement? There is some, I mean, there is recourse. I mean, that Aritlas case is a bit of a difficult one, the one that we spoke about in the High Court. Um, The difficulty there is that the father couldn't really give any terms of the agreement. So all he had to do was really plead the essentialia in his, in, his, in his papers, his litigation papers, and say that I gave her 500,000 rand and the arrangement was she had to repay me by X date. And that was really really the important elements that had to be there. It wasn't there. And so therefore, she, he struggled to enforce that agreement because he couldn't really explain to the court what the terms of the agreement was. So I think the best thing to do is to capture it on mm. paper in writing and make sure that at least the simple, the essentiality, as we call it in, in legal terms, is in the contract and you have the basic terms there so that everybody knows what is being paid, when must it be repaid and how it must be repaid. Mm. Is there a monetary th- threshold in, 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 in obvious, you know, simple business agreement case or in terms of NCRA, a, 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 a limit that says that over a million, for example, in this case of these two Western Cape lawyers who yeah. found themselves in court, 2.5 million rand is a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. Is there, a, is there a, a, a threshold that, um, that says you're, you're giving a, a, a m- amount, an amount, and yes, I'm sure we need a contract, but is there any legal obligation to a contract over a certain amount? No, so natural persons can, can obviously lend to each other there's no limit on the amount that they can lend. In this case, what they did was, I don't know, just the important part is that they concluded a third acknowledgement of debt. And they, they essentially argued, or what, what they argued was that it was a compromise. So essentially mm-hmm. what they're saying is that they tried to fix everything. Because you'll you remember, or you'll see in the judgment, the third agreement, they tried not to levy interest with the hope that they, they would fall outside of the NCA. Mm-hmm. But what happened is the court found that you could not compromise two illegal agreements. So what preceded it was two acknowledgements of debt that were mm-hmm. unlawful. And you couldn't really perpetuate that unlawfulness and the courts couldn't enforce the, the order, unfortunately, mm. for the lender. As a lawyer, do you get many currently in this particular financial um, environment that we live, people coming to you, you obviously you have your, your, your confidentiality on, on, on certain cases. But, but generally, are, are you seeing cases come through with, with people with disputes over money that is borrowed and lent? doesn't happen often. I think there was a judgment in 2018 that kind of clarified the position where the court said if you're going to lend off, if you're going to lend once off and I think that's another thing don't think that a once off lend loan is not going to catch you or not get you under the NCA mm-hmm. you're going to be caught by the NCA if you're going to charge interest and I think that clearly set the tone for, for everybody for it. so it doesn't come up often um, I had one or two queries on the side but not much um, from, from individuals mm-hmm. um, saying that they've been undone by or hard done by by loans to to family members or friends. I have a I have a rule, Ricardo. I in that um, I'm in a privileged position to have disposable income as a middle class South African, and our family is very very uh, um, blessed. Uh, so if people were to ask me, I would consider and would consider the amount, and maybe I I can we I can afford. But I, I think I have a limit of of five hundred rand. I, I I you know, and that is at the the. That's a stretch for me. Yes, yes. But if you don't pay that, 
then, then it's over because I have paid 500 rand to find out who is a dodgy friend. And at the end of the day, I think, what would you pay to find out who's your dodgy friend, Ricardo? Probably same like you. I'll probably also go in that very low limit. I'll test you first and see how it goes. But I'll try and avoid the charging of interest in fees. I mean, I, I, I think, think that gets me into trouble. So that's that's the that. problem. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd, I'd pay to find out who was a dodgy friend and not. Ricardo Peterson, director at Norton Rose Fulbright, South Africa.